When Elon Musk launches his super app that he's dubbed X.com, and which will incorporate payments, will that platform use XRP or XLM or some other digital asset that already exists? Let's figure it out. All right, today we're gonna to talk about whether or not Elon Musk is going to integrate XLM into Twitter for interplanetary payments. We're also gonna talk about XRP, but my research, what I've uncovered is there's a lot more connections between Elon Musk and XLM than there are with XRP, but let's sort of see what we find. All right, I'm trying to figure out something that I have no way of knowing for sure. And essentially whether or not any of these digital assets that we know are going to be used for intergalactic payments, which seems silly to say that out loud, but we're going to look, we're going to go there. Uh, we're going to find out if the goal here is to create some kind of monetary system for use outside of the earth, which, you know, very much beyond the realm of what any of us sort of are experiencing in day to day, but there's a whole bunch of evidence pointing to that being the plan. All right, let's figure out what we know so far. All right, Elon Musk publicly stated that his goal is to create a super app, kind of like Chinese WeChat, uh, called x.com, where it would be kind of like the Amazon of social media, where you could pretty much buy stuff. Uh, in this case, you would connect with other people. You could tweet. You could be a creator and monetize your work. You could also uh, buy and sell services and physical products. I mean, think about like if you took all the, the top 10 apps that were used, let's say Amazon, Facebook, Twitter, uh, even like YouTube, if all of those things were in one app, you know, that would be pretty, pretty cool. And I could see as someone who creates apps like uh, Elon Musk, that would be pretty appealing. Uh, we also know that there's a lot of X stuff going on with Elon Musk. Starlink uses X imagery, imagery, SpaceX, Tesla has an X. He named one of his kids X. He likes X.com. Then we kind of connect this to XLP and XLM. Now, they could just be letters. Like a lot of the things that we are going to look at today could very well be simply like coincidences. Uh, so I can't say any of these connections mean anything. But as a statistician, I like to look at probabilities. And what is the probability? that all of these things that sort of point to connections are completely unrelated. Statistically, like there's just too many things connected for there to be no relationship between these people and these various projects. All right, Elon Musk and Jed McCaleb have quite a few connections. We're gonna talk about Elon Musk's cousin, Russ Reeve or Reeve, I don't know how to say it. Their participation in Effective Altruism and Miri and OpenAI. There's also a law firm that represents both of them. You know, might be nothing, might be something. Uh, David Schwartz loves to make these planetary references. You know, again, does this fit into something? And then uh, Judd McCaleb this year launched a new project called VAST to build like a space station. All right, so, so David Schwartz is so fun to watch. Uh, I don't know how much of what he tweets about is real and what is just him trolling and joking around. 
you know, that's kind of part of the fun is, you know, while we wait for this lawsuit to be settled and for crypto to sort of get regulated. In the meantime, I'm just kind of exploring some of the more fun futuristic ideas here. I'm not trying to convince anybody that a certain outcome is going to happen. I just see all of these very interesting, strange data points that my mind just naturally wants to connect. And that's what we're kind of doing here. And David Schwartz has made some references to space stuff. I mean, just a couple of days ago, he tweeted this photo of him in a moon outfit. Now, it could absolutely simply be a reference to, you know, crypto people love to talk about their assets going to the moon. It could simply be that. It also could just be him playing with his grandkid and have absolutely nothing to do with any of these references. But a couple of years ago, uh, he did, you know, as far as I know, this is him posting on, I think, Reddit or some other type of platform about uh, XRP and Ripple. And I'm just going to read one of the sections of this. And it said, well, I'll just read it all. Okay. It all depends on how big you want to dream. What if Ripple captures Bitcoin market share, current market share? The value of XRP would be $2. All right, what if Ripple captures the value of all high friction international payments that are now occurring? That would put XRP value at $20. What if XRP captures the value of an increasing volume of international payments driven by the reduction in friction? Maybe $120. So what he's meaning is that he's sort of like increasing the category because problems are removed that stop people from using it now. All right, back to his quote. What if the economy triples in size, the volume of international payments increases, Ripple captures all of that, and people also use Ripple for all kinds of other things because it either displaces Bitcoin or equals in size a Bitcoin that's many times its current size. And we also expand the economy to other planets that also use XRP. Now, aside from this simple exercise of like looking at potential value of XRP in contextualized, and he uses this example of XRP being used in, on other planets. Like that doesn't come up a lot when you're talking about, you know, normal business finance stuff. Like, hey, maybe we should figure out if people on other planets can accept payments. Like that's a little non-traditional, you know, that's not, not what normally is discussed in these world of financing. So that just kind of makes this fun and interesting. And uh, that's what we're kind of here to dig into. All right. Now I'm going to go through some theories or just data points that people have posted on Twitter. These are obviously someone's just guessing or speculation. None of these things are fact. Tinfoil hat time. What if Jed left Ripple to start XLM because they knew that the U.S. government wouldn't let them monopolize the crypto space? What if Jed is working with Elon and they are really putting nodes on low orbit satellites around the world? What if Ripple and Stellar... And so I just took that because it just sort of connects that there's a lot of data points putting Elon and Jed McCaleb in the same place at the same time. And if we were to look at what they've both stated as their mission and we were to overlap them, it creates this very interesting story. All right. A couple other things that we just sort of know at this point, Elon Musk created X.com years ago. Elon and Peter Thiel turned X.com into PayPal. PayPal sold to eBay. Elon Musk creates SpaceX. OpenCoin develops Ripple. 16Z, A16Z invests in OpenCoin. OpenCoin becomes Ripple. Elon Musk, Peter Thiel, AX16Z invest in Stripe. Very huge payments company. The CTO of OpenCoin, Jed McCaleb, develops Stellar. 
Stripe invests into Stellar. Donald Trump creates Space Force. Both Ripple and Stellar use X in their tokens. And we're going to get into 17 stuff, but Elon Musk forms X Holding Group. So there's just a lot of connections that we're going to be digging into here. I have quite a few visuals. Um, so if you are listening to this on audio, I'll try to reference as much of these videos or visuals as possible. All right. The first interesting thing is this fascination that Elon Musk has with the letter X. And this is relevant if either XRP and XLM are going to be used. Might simply be coincidence, but he's got a thing for X. New York Times even wrote an article about that. Uh, he has Starlink. Now, if you look at the logo of Starlink, there's a giant X. If you look at SpaceX, again, there's a giant X. And then this was interesting. Ten years ago, back in 2013, CNN Business ran an article about PayPal to launch interplanetary payment system. This was 10 years ago. And PayPal also was at a trade show where they were talking about their quest for intergalactic currency again in 2013. One of the sort of quotes from the article, earthbound financial transactions service PayPal launched a quest for an intergalactic currency, saying it is time to figure out what space travels were used as cash. The time has now come for us to start planning for the future, a future where we aren't just talking about global payments said PayPal president David Marcus, we are expanding our vision off Earth into space. Now, being that I'm somebody who's never been to space and I don't really hang out with people who go to space, I don't know what you would buy in space, I don't know how commerce would work in space, like this seems a little like kooky to be talking about this, but 10 years ago, PayPal had press releases, you know, uh, events that covered by the mainstream press talking about this stuff. So. It's not beyond the realm of possibility that this is real and that this is something they're actually investing in and may happen in our lifetime, which would be crazy and cool at the same time. All right. So after Twitter fell under Elon Musk, uh, they were filed for paperwork to enter the payments business. So if you think about Elon's history, he's got kind of a couple areas that he focuses on, right? Payments, which is what PayPal is. AI stuff, which is what Neuralink is, SpaceX, Tesla, which is now getting into the AI business. So SpaceX is tra space travel. Neuralink, which is also sort of AI stuff, boring company, which we'll talk about a separate thing. He's got a whole bunch of different areas. And if you try to think about like, are these just random things that he's interested in or are they all connected in some way? It's kind of a good question. So it's not beyond the realm of possibility that Twitter will be connected to payments. He obviously filed for paperwork already. What does this have to do with Jed? All right. Jed is also getting into the space business. This past summer, he launched Vast, uh, which is its goal is to build a space station that humans can inhabit, uh, which is pretty cool. I think it's going to be a while. I, I did another video about this in depth, and he's hired a whole lot of NASA people. There's a pretty big team there actually working on it at this point. Uh, so it looks like it's, you know, they have funding. They're doing something. Uh, they're working on some, I think, zero gravity simulation type things because, you know, it's, I think, difficult for humans to live outside of the atmosphere. All right. I think some of these got out of order, but still, we're looking at all these data points. Now we're going to talk about the role that Stripe plays in connecting these dots. All right. When Stripe was founded, there were some initial fundraising. Sequoia Capital invested in Stripe's seed round. The angel investor for Stripe 
were listed as Elon Musk and Peter Thiel. So now we have connections between Elon Musk and Stripe. Stripe is also, um, I'm not sure what this was for. I think this was for something that was in here. Stripe is very connected to Ripple and Stellar as well. Early on in Ripple's growth, I think Stripe was potentially going to be a buyer or an investor. And that I don't think that ended up happening because when uh, uh, Jed McCaleb left Ripple, he kind of took the Stripe relationship with him from what I know. All right, so Patrick Collison, 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 I think you say it. He is one of the heads of Stripe. And he said in a tweet back in 2018, four years ago, Stripe, in the past four years, Stripe has said very little about Stellar in public and has not sold a single lumen. Line in questions we'd like to see substantive, i.e. non-speculative use grow, usage grow. So Stripe has a whole lot of XLM. Stripe has a relationship with Elon Musk. Stripe has a relationship with Jed McCaleb. That's one of the common threads. Stripe considered working with Jed McCaleb when Stripe attempted to buy Ripple Labs. This is what I just mentioned a second ago. After that deal fell through and McCaleb left Ripple, Stripe gave $3 million to the Stellar Development Foundation in exchange for 2 billion lumens. Any net profits from the sale of Stripe's lumens would be returned to SDF but he just said they haven't sold any. So that's an interesting thing that they have a whole bunch of XLM. And there's another interesting data point that there's an attorney, Gross and Belsky, attorneys at law. Strangely, they list out on a website a bunch of their clients, which is not always that common for that to do. And Elon Musk is a client, as is Jed McCaleb. And interestingly, Brock Pierce, who if you watch my video about Tether, was one of the founders of Tether. And I'm still working on video number two about Tether because I still haven't figured out who is really the, the big money behind Tether yet. Um, but this is interesting that we now have this law firm that represents three of these parties in this space. And the Stellar Development Foundation is also a client of this law firm. All right, now we're gonna look at who was the Stellar team. Some of these people have since moved on, but these are interesting. Again, we're showing a lot of connections between people. Jeb McCaleb, obviously. Then listed on Stellar's website was Patrick Collison. Uh, Patrick is one of the three Stellar Development Foundation members. The other two are Jed McCaleb and David Mazieres, who hold the highest positions in the Stellar Foundation, where they serve for a lifetime and responsible for electing board of directors. So to say that Stripe has a relationship with Stellar is a little bit understating it. Not only do they hold a ton of XLM, they also, he's a permanent member of the, of the board. Patrick, alongside his brother, John, successfully built one of the most successful and beloved technology startup in the Valley called Stripe. Stripe, currently valued at $9 billion, allows private individual and small medium businesses to accept payments over the internet. Uh, now, what's interesting about Stripe is I have had a Stripe account for many years, and I started back in January of 2022 a coaching program with a friend of mine about crypto stuff. And I used my same Stripe account that I had had for years, and we just started sending out invoices under my one of my consulting company names. 
But I got kind of worried that the clients were going to get these receipts. And if they didn't really know me well, which was possible, they would be confused about who this receipt was from because they wouldn't recognize that name. So I did something that was very foolish at the time because it created a lot of problems. But I changed the name of the business in Stripe. We had the, the, the offer that we had at the time was called Crypto Cougars. And I changed it to Crypto Cougars so that people would recognize the name. Within 24 hours, the account was shut down. And they basically, if you've ever tried to work with Stripe, it's difficult. There was no real way for me to speak to anybody to ask what the issue was. They were, they had a whole bunch of money that had come through that hadn't kind of cleared yet. They were holding all the funds, um, potentially up to 90 days, which was a long time. And it was really frustrating. And there was nothing, nothing had happened, no chargeback. There was no dis problems or anything. The only thing that had happened was I had changed the name and it looked so it was so quick that it looked like it was a keyword trigger. And I got the impression from this that Stripe was very anti-crypto. I'm going through the terms of service. They did state that that crypto was something. And we weren't selling crypto. So I thought we would be fine. Like I wasn't pump, you know, selling some NFT project or anything like that. We weren't taking payment for any physical tokens, whatever. It was simply just an education program. Uh, but you can't make that case. And so it was strange that Stripe was decidedly anti-crypto looking at this relationship they've had with Stellar for years. And what was strange was I, you know, went through all this hassle to get another payments thing set up, which is, you know, Stripe is used by a lot of people for good reason. It's very easy. It's very inexpensive, uh, integrates nicely with lots of different platforms. And all these other options that I was finding were extremely expensive, very high monthly fees, very difficult to work with, holding the funds for a very long time type of stuff. And then miraculously, one day out of nowhere, my Stripe account just gets turned back on. And a press release comes out that all of a sudden now Stripe is crypto friendly. And I so kind of confirmed that it was some sort of keyword targeted thing. But it is interesting to me that Stripe has changed its tune about crypto and that it was so decidedly anti-crypto considering it's had this long relationship with Stripe, with Stellar for, for so long. So that was kind of a strange thing that um, was my own sort of connection to Stripe. All right, another guy at Stellar uh, is this guy named Keith Rebois, Rebois, Rebois maybe, I'm not really sure how to say that. As one of the most respected people in Silicon Valley, Keith is a Stellar board member and mentor to many young up and coming startup founders. Keith is the original member of the PayPal Mafia group with the likes of Peter Thiel, Elon Musk, Reid Hoffman, and Max Levchin until the company got acquired by eBay for $1.5 billion. He continued his journey in financial technology startups by becoming COO at Square, co-founded by Jack Dorsey, until the company went public in 2015. So now we're tying more back to Twitter. We know Jack Dorsey and Elon Musk are friends. So this is just like, these guys are all buds. And now Square is being brought into this and Square's now Square, Square is now called Block, related to blockchain. All right, another guy at Stellar, Greg Brockman. Greg serves as board member of Stellar. He studied math at Harvard and computer science at MIT. If you've been following along with FTX and lots of drama with Gary Gensler, there is a lot of commonality between this crypto stuff and MIT. So it's not surprising we found another person here. 
Greg Brockman is also the former CTO of Stripe, where he spent 2010 to 2015 helping build the company from uh, four to 250 employees. Very interesting, another connection between Stellar and Stripe. He also founded OpenAI, an initiative to conduct deep study related to artificial intelligence with Elon Musk and Sam Altman. Jared, Jed McCaleb was also connected to that. All right, talk a little bit more about the advisory team at Stellar. The only one I wanted to really talk about was Sam Altman, president of Y Combinator, the most successful accelerator program in the world with $100 billion in combined valuation. So he's very involved in open AI and another common thread between Elon Musk and Jed McCaleb. And I don't see a lot of these same connections with other Ripple people like David Schwartz or Brad Garlinghouse or Chris Larson. Jed McCaleb specifically seems to have deeper relationships with this world. All right, OpenAI is OpenAI owned by Elon Musk. It was an, a nonprofit artificial intelligence research organization founded by Elon Musk and Sam Altman. But Elon Musk later quit, citing a conflict of interest with Tesla because it is now uh, a legally for-profit company, which is interesting. Now, here's another neat dot. So back in 2007, which is way before Bitcoin, Jed McCaleb and Elon Musk's cousin, Russell Reeve, created a patent together about a, <laughs> I don't really understand what it is. It's a method for remotely updating software in a polar, plurality of computer systems. So I don't necessarily really care what this patent is. It just shows that Elon Musk has had ties to Jed McCaleb going way back, way before Bitcoin, way before XRP. And we're going to talk more about the cousin Russ Reeve in a second. All right. There's another thing here that I think this got out of order. Oh, yeah. So the Effective Altruism Foundation. This is the charity that Sam Bankman-Fried is very involved in. Um, I did a deep dive video on that. I'll put that link in the description if you haven't watched it yet. But this sort of like billionaire do-gooder club has a lot of questionable <laughs> motives in my uh, assessment. They're very futurism focused. They kind of have this mindset that protecting humanity in the future is the biggest priority, and they will often sacrifice people in this lifetime um, kind of for the greater good. Now, I don't think that all the people in that are bad, but it sort of ties into a lot of the Rockefeller Foundation depopulation type agendas where in order to save humanity in the long run, we might have to make some hard choices now, like kill a bunch of people. So uh it's interesting to see that Elon Musk and Jed McCaleb are also both involved in this uh, group. Yeah, and yeah, Jed McCaleb's all over this stuff. Uh, so there is a Twitter account that kind of follows the EA crowd sort of in a parody type situation and has listed out quite a few of the people who are involved in this. It's kind of so if you look at the kind of global cartel of really, really rich people, as multiple factions, kind of like the mob. Uh, I don't think all of these people that we sort of associate from the, um, God, who is that comedian? Sam, uh, George Carlin, who said that like, there's a club, they're all in it and we're not. 
I don't think it's that simple. I think there are many clubs. I think there are many factions of sort of this, what people call the elite. Uh, I think they're just part of a very wealthy class and they're not all aligned. We've talked about this in many of my videos that I think based on like Tom Luongo's thesis that there's sort of a New York Wall Street faction, there's a European aristocracy faction we call Davos. I think this section with the PayPal mafia is its own separate faction. They have their own interests, their own agenda, and they might play nicely with Davos, they might play nicely with Wall Street, but they might not. They might have turf wars. And what is sort of common to all of these groups is they have a tremendous amount of resources at their disposal, and they tend to get caught up in these sort of lofty philosophical goals that may or may not be sort of good for people like us. But I think that people have often wondered, like, Elon Musk, he's one of these billionaires, he must be one of them. I think that he is part of their own faction that is tied to technology, AI, uh, futurism, and one of the common threads to them is this effective altruism movement. Includes some of the other names you might have known about. Duskin Moskowitz is a Facebook guy. Jed McCaleb, Sam Altman, we just talked about him. Pat the um, Patrick Collison is the Stripe guy. There's quite a few names that I haven't even had time to go into all of them. But yeah, I've seen multiple lists where we talk about. Uh, also, Vitalik Buterin is part of that crowd as well, as is Skype, which I don't know if people still use Skype. Okay. All right. This was just an interesting thing that I wanted to... The FBI has a website, fbi.gov, and there's some interesting things about Tesla on there. There's this sort of older document back from the 1950s that, again, is just sort of tying into this this planetary thing that the FBI document says that Tesla, the original guy Tesla, not the company, has comes from Venus. <laughs> and I'll just read the quote. It said, it was placed in operation in 1950, and since that time, the Tesla engineers have been in close touch with spaceships. The space people have visited the Tesla engineers many times and have told us that Tesla was a Venusian from Venus, brought to this planet as a baby in 1856 and left with Mr. and Mrs. Tesla in a remote mountain province in what is now Yugoslavia. So this is not really the first time we've seen anything connected to interplanetary stuff. Tesla, obviously Elon Musk named his company Tesla, saying that the Tesla engineers have been visited by space people. Now back to this uh, patent with Jed and Russell, I did wanna read a little footnote that I found somewhere, maybe in timing. So in 2011, Michaela began developing a digital currency in which transactions were verified by consensus among network members, which became known as the Ripple Protocol, which differs from the mining technique used in Bitcoin. He recruited David Schwartz and secured an investment from Jesse Powell before adding Arthur Brito as the chief strategist. McCaleb recruited Chris Larson to be the CEO of the company, which became known as OpenCoin. He continued development of the Ripple Protocol and its currency while securing investments before McCaleb left his active role with the company in July 2013. So this patent was created before any of that, which is just interesting. 
All right, let's talk about the cousin, Russ Reeve. I think that's how you say it, but I don't know. He is the founder of an art and technical production company called Super Uber. He's also Elon Musk's cousin. He has a very small Twitter following. I assume this is him, but I'm not sure. It's not verified. Doesn't seem terribly active on there. Uh, A little bit more about the PayPal mafia and whether or not there's a Ripple mafia, but how did everything begin? So Ryan Fugger, who honestly, I've not dug that much into him yet. He started developing Ripple in 2004. In 2012, it was turned into OpenCoin Inc. by Jed McCaleb, Arthur Brito, David Schwartz, and Chris Larson. A year later, the company was backed by some of the best-known venture funds in Silicon Valley. They included Google Ventures, Peter Thiel, co-founder of PayPal, and Andreessen Horowitz, the company that sold Skype to Microsoft for a whopping $8.5 billion. Speaking of Thiel, let's talk about the PayPal mafia, Elon Musk, Peter Thiel, Steve Wren, Reid Hoffman, and Russell Simmons all worked together at PayPal. They later sold it to eBay for $1.5 billion and started other companies. So it looks like this is really tying into the connections between sort of the PayPal mafia being early investors in Ripple and some connections there. All right, there's another, there's so much fascinating stuff about Jed McCaleb. So you know, we've we've heard this story about this kind of falling out between Jed and Ripple. And one article that I read kind of makes it really sound almost sort of like trashy and like the real world reality show with Jed bringing some girlfriend who like got mad at everybody and created this drama and he wanted to do stuff and they said no. I don't, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. It just seems to me that you have these incredibly high level thinkers involved in uh, projects that have hundreds of millions of dollars of funding, this sort of brain trust of really visionary people. The idea that it all kind of fell apart because like of girlfriend trouble. I just have a hard time buying that. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. You know, they're all humans. Humans get mad about stuff. It just sort of seemed to me like a very strange story for how Jed left and then started another company. Now, why would they lie, though, if there was another reason? it just, That also seems weird to me, that like you would go through this effort to make up a story that turns out to be false. So I don't know what to say about it. It just is kind of strange. But anyway, Jed leaves, starts Stellar, sets up Stellar as a nonprofit. And I've watched some interviews where the the logic behind that was he wanted it to be very open source, kind of like how email SMTP is open source. And that, um, you know, even like Firefox or Linux Foundation, sort of people would widely use these, these protocols. They wouldn't necessarily be property of a company. So that was sort of the idea. Like we want to create this money that anybody can use for payments and we don't want it to be necessarily part of a particular company so that you don't use this money feeling like you're growing the profits of this company. Totally get that. But then, he, so he keeps starting these new things, like talk about serial, like entrepreneur. So it sets up Stellar as a nonprofit, but then in 2017, he launches lightyear.io, which is a commercial operation on top of Stellar Network. I think it's sort of similar to how Ripple is a commercial operation on top of the XRP ledger. Now, Stellar, he wanted to become a global payment and currency exchange for primarily developing world. That's a totally necessary use case that people in third world countries will often move to a more advanced 
economy to make money and then they send it home back to family. It's called remittances. And what if the people back home like don't have a bank account? Like you live in somewhere very remote, um, like, you know, poor African country. How are you supposed to get that money? You use something like Western Union that takes a huge percentage and it's uh, not really feasible. So the idea was, can we create a system where people could just use their mobile phones, which people are more likely to have mobile phones than necessarily other types of computing devices. So like, it totally makes sense to fit into this sort of third world model. Problem is a lot of the third world model doesn't really have a lot of money. So I'm not sure about that part. Okay, let's talk a little about Lightyear. So in 2017, he launched Lightyear, we just talked about that. Uh, Lightyear partnered with IBM to launch lock blockchain banking in the South Pacific using Stellar's Lumen currency. So this is now where we officially see IBM enter into the, the situation. IBM is now a consulting company. They're not you know, making computers like they did back in the day, but they're sort of in the gear, league of Accenture uh, and Anderson. I don't even know if Anderson Consulting is still doing stuff anymore, but these are sort of these like very expensive consulting companies like McKinsey that get brought in to implement major changes to things. Now, I don't know if it's always worth the money because sometimes it's like millions of dollars to hire these companies, but uh, they generally don't get involved in stuff that's sort of like conspiracy theory or hype. Like they work on things for years. And so the fact that they kind of came in with Stellar shows that this isn't just some dumb shit coin, that there was some serious need for IBM to solve a problem for a particular client, which I'm not totally clear who that client of theirs was. In 2018, McCaleb negotiated the merger of Lightyear with Chain.com, created a newly merged entity called Interstellar. So it's hard to keep up with all the names of these projects. So it was went to Stellar Development Foundation, then a spinoff of Lightyear. Now Lightyear merged with Chain.com to become Interstellar. But that didn't last too long either because then they merged with, I guess we'll, before we get that. Okay. Chain, now who is chain.com? Why did they merge with them? All right. Chain was a big player that allowed, it was infrastructure that helped financial services companies do things. And chain was working with Visa and Citibank as well as NASDAQ. So those are some pretty hardcore traditional financial different companies. IBM was working with uh, Stellar. So now Interstellar's product portfolio includes StellarX, which is one of their uh, DeFi exchanges. So it looks like this is, again, bridging in traditional finance with blockchain, but they need a consulting company to help map it out and figures out how it will work. And that looks like that infrastructure was started you know, years ago. All right, now we're going to talk a little bit about this effective altruism movement with MIRI, which is uh, another sort of nonprofit, stands for Machine Intelligence Research Institute, a lot of AI advanced programming type of thing. Jed McCaleb gave $500,000 worth of XRP to the MIRI Institute and remains one of its largest donors. And in 2018, McCaleb was announced as a new donor to the Artificial Intelligence Research Group, OpenAI, which we already talked about, is connected to Sam Altman and Elon Musk. Now, how are Miri and AI effective altruism connected? It's not totally clear, like if there's an official connection, but the effective altruism movement, if you watch my video on that, I explain that, covers a bunch of different things. 
one of which is a technology component. So Miri's kind of handling a subsect of the idea. And the, the specific problem they claim to be addressing is that if AI gets so advanced, will it sort of take over humanity in a negative way? Like literally Skynet, if you're watching the Terminator movies, that the computer all of a sudden, or even like a that 2001 Space Odyssey where the computer now decides it's going to be in control and take over. So that's a legit concern. It's just kind of funny that they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars to address this issue. I mean, we could just not build AI. I mean, that's another option too. All right, some more common threads with effective altruism. Again, we're seeing Elon Musk show up again talking about AI. All right, now this new company that gets formed after... Uh, Lightyear and Chain merge becomes Interstellar. That's not around too long either, but their goal was to empower businesses to talk about international payments. And, and if you're not familiar with the differences between XRP and or Ripple and what Stellar primarily does, Ripple at this point seems focused on bank-to-bank -bank payments and helping banks remove the need for correspondent banking uh, and make payments from bank-to-bank -bank faster and cheaper. Stellar seems more focused on consumer uses. So if I want to, if a person wants to send money to another person or if a business wants to pay somebody, all these sort of personal transactions, um, that's where Stellar would fit in. Now, if, <laughs> to get a little bit spacey, like, so let's say somebody was working on a space station and they had to get paid by the company back here on Earth, they could potentially send XLM through some sort of futuristic wallet that would allow you to connect via a Starlink satellite to get receive your payment on a device in space. That's kind of my take on this. All right, so a guy that worked at Interstellar, one of um, the people there was named Mike Kennedy. He's kind of moved on a little bit, but he is interesting because he was the founder of Zelle, which Zelle is a initiative that the banks created, the big banks, to handle sort of payments. Uh, Bank of America, Truist, Capital One, JP Morgan Chase, PNC Bank, Wells Fargo, all, these are all Fed members, created Zelle. So the Fed basically created Zelle. And Mike Kennedy worked for them. And now he's part of the Stellar thing. But didn't stay interstellar for very long. Um, because then they got bought out by another company called Velo Labs. And that is still, again, P2P network. It's sort of like a better PayPal where you can send money from person to person. Even a business could pay people by PayPal. But PayPal still uses banks. And you still you get credit via PayPal quickly, but the money still has to take days to settle from bank to banks. So it would be sort of the better version of PayPal. Uh, and now that's sort of known as Velo. And I'm not really sure if Mike Kennedy still works there, if he's just sort of like an advisor or board member. Interesting, he did go to Harvard Business School and I looked him up to see if he and Brad Garlinghouse were there at the same time and they were not. Brad got graduated a year before Mike Kennedy went. Our interstellar is now Velo, next generation financial services powered by the blockchain. So again, this is run by a former Fed slash Zell guy who is using Stellar's tech. Kind of cool. 
And what does Velo kind of claim their focus is? Well, they do cross-border payments, which doesn't compete necessarily with Ripple because this could be cross-border person-to-person, not necessarily going through a bank. Um, they also have a an exchange, a trading platform, they call it, Velo FCX. And they also have uh, tokenized real estate. They're aiming to democratize real estate development investments in asset class formerly out of reach. So that's sort of interesting. We look at the advisors to Velo. Oh, here we go. Jed McCaleb's again. And we also see David Mazieris, who is uh, works at Stellar as well. And another guy who was a professor at MIT, which is interesting that MIT keeps popping back. All right, Neuralink. I don't I haven't really spent too much time on Neuralink. I'm not really excited by a lot of these transhumanism type agenda things, but this was kind of an interesting rabbit hole. Uh, namely because there's this guy, Max Hodak. He's kind of connected to things. So he was a co-founder of Neuralink. He left the company and it wasn't really clear what happened. Um, and so Hodak then went to this new venture. They seem to move around a lot, these people, uh, to something called Science Corp. And they raised a whole lot of money. I mean, Neuralink raised $360 million. Like, that's a lot of money. Hodak was getting... 470 million for Science Corp. And then what's interesting is now Jed McCaleb is back again. So he is now the director of Science Corp, uh, which again, just shows that like Elon Musk and Neuralink and now Jed McCaleb, it seems like they just keep overlapping in these various ventures from one to one. So we'll kind of tie it all up in a second. All right, so here we go. We're going to kind of connect some of these dots here. So we have Elon Musk create a payments company years ago. And their goal was to make payments fast and cheap and replace, if you know what ACH is. They never really succeeded. And Elon Musk kind of claimed or has stated that he took a lot of money and sort of had to compromise on things because they had to make the investors happy. So PayPal was kind of a success, but not the success that they ultimately wanted. So he ends up leaving, regrouping, starting some new ventures, but never kind of gives up on this dream of the perfect payment system that would make life amazing. Then he, he's been connected to Elon Musk this whole time. Remember before this stuff happened, Musk does a patent with his cousin. So like they've known each other. And Jed, meanwhile, goes, works at Ripple, creates a payment system for reasons I don't, not fully clear on, leaves, creates a second separate entity, separate blockchain for more consumer-focused payments under XLM. And now Jed and Musk are overlapping with a lot of artificial intelligence, futurism, effective altruism type of projects. Musk creates SpaceX. AI in Tesla, buys social media platform Twitter that he wants to become the Everything X app. Jed, meanwhile, has moved on from focusing so much on payments to now building a space station that he wants people to work on and live on. So if you work somewhere, generally you get paid for that work, how would you get paid and how would that necessarily work? So I think there's a lot of overlap to show that 
Elon Musk is building this everything app. He's already filed for regulations to do whatever you have to do to do payments on Twitter. It would make a lot of sense that they would use a blockchain asset for payments. He's naming it x.com. Why wouldn't you use an X token, especially one that's being was engineered by somebody who's very focused on space travel, space existence. Musk has SpaceX. Like the the dots are just overlapping for me so much that I think that they're planning for us all for some people to be able to live and work in space. You're going to get there on a SpaceX spaceship and you can work there and you probably will have like some kind of robot thing that lives there all the time. I mean, this is like out of the aliens movie, right? Where some android lives there and uh that's the AI that they want to make sure everything works when the humans have to come and go. And you got to make sure this this AI doesn't like get out of bounds and take over. Hence a lot of this effective altruism concern about AI becoming too smart for people's good. And the way you would get paid for all of these things would be through this, you can call it intergalactic currency XLM, but it simply just means that they would have a way for the payments to be received and sent from a place outside the earth. How would you communicate this actual like transaction via Starlink satellites? I don't know. Doesn't sound as crazy and far-fetched once you sort of add up all of these dots. So that is my hypothesis. And it looks to me like it's going to be XLM that will be the intergalactic currency. I absolutely may be wrong. It could be XRP, but I just see so many more connections to what uh, Jed McCaleb built. And the fact that he built XLM after involved in XRP means there's probably something that he did differently that we might not know about that makes it more suited for his ventures with VAST, which is his space thing, and what his buddy Elon Musk is doing as well. So I will continue to monitor these connections between the two of them. I think this is very fascinating, uh, all speculation. I mean, it'd be awesome if they would just come out and tell us the truth, but we don't have that luxury at this stage. So the only choice we have is to try to figure it out. And this is what I have figured out to date. So if you enjoyed this video, please like it. it helps me with YouTube and please subscribe to the channel to be able to watch future updates. And if you have anything to add about this, please let me know in the comments. I do my best to respond to as many as I can, as quickly as I can. And all right, we will see you in the next video.